Hello and welcome to the Today Not Tomorrow podcast. My name is Oscar Isaacson and this podcast is brought to you by TNT Fitness. This podcast is sponsored by Whoop. If you want to get the strap for free and get a free month, go to join.whoop.com slash TNT and you'll get that offer. For the people out there that are using the Whoop or just someone that wants to recover better and faster, I saw an article posted by Brian McKenzie earlier in the week and it showed that breathing about six to seven breaths per minute has a very positive impact on your HRV. Now this is very slow and controlled methodical breathing. Uh, The people in the study, they were probably actively focusing on this. Maybe someone uses a meditation technique to get it that low. The average breaths per minute is about 12 to 16. But that low breathing rate had a positive HRV response. Now this sounds a little bit wacky maybe, but how this works is your diaphragm, it sits right at the bottom of your rib cage and when it's relaxed, it's bowed upwards. And then when you uh, breathe in, it pulls down and when it pulls down it creates a negative pressure in your lungs and that's how you get the air in to breathe and do all the stuff that you need to do this tendon actually uh, pulls straight down it's also attached to the pericardium which is the sac that's around the heart so when you take a nice big exhale and it's slow and controlled it has a physical tug on the heart and it stimulates it to relax, to promote recovery, to slow things down. And this is how breathing slower, being aware of the breathing, has the positive effect on the HRV, which in turn is going to be better for recovery. Couple of housekeeping notes before we move on to the topics for today. Thank you everyone that brought a friend in on Monday. It means a lot to us that you trust us with your friends and family to do a workout. If they have any questions about coming back and how to start, uh, make sure they uh, send me an email, oscar.tnt.fit, and we'll take care of it. Also, I want to say thank you everyone that came out for the photo shoot yesterday and wore the TNT gear. We are super excited to see what the pictures look like. I'm sure they're going to be awesome, and you will start seeing them soon on the website, on social media, and all that good stuff. And the raffle winner for the $25 Rogue gift card goes to Laura, so Thank you for wearing the TNT gear. Laura, you've got that gift card sent to you already. As a reminder, if you're listening to this right away as it comes out, today is Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. We are going to do some outdoor running. It's not going to be a 5K. It's just going to be a couple of 400s, but it is a little bit chilly in the morning. So gloves, beanies, hoodies, whatever you need, make sure you got it so you can stay warm. A couple of people asked if they can bring friends and family. You are perfectly welcome to bring friends and family. This is a free workout, so bring them on in. Just make sure that they sign the waiver and that you don't try and make them do the same workout that you do. They are going to need a lighter kettlebell and a slower pace, but please bring them in if you get some friends in town. On Black Friday, there's only one class at 1 p.m. Goal Getters, this next one, it's a different date. It's on Wednesday, December 8th, 6 p.m. And this is one going to be with Coach Ashley. Make sure you show up to this Goal Getters meeting. And over this weekend, both Coach Ashley and Coach Courtney are now pain-free performance specialists. This was a course that I took a couple of months ago, and it's a phenomenal course. It goes deeper into screening, scaling, coaching, all that good stuff. So, um 
be prepared to see it. Maybe a couple new stretches in class or maybe a few new modifications, but um, we're proud of them for going out, taking the time on the weekends to spend the money, the time to uh, pass the test, to listen, do all that stuff you need to do to be the best. We're gonna move on to the programming notes for today, which is gonna be more of a couple of pet peeves I have uh, on coaching and what people do at the gym. But first, I let it slip earlier today in class that the next benchmark might have some ring dips in it. So that's just a little bit of a nugget of information for you that listen to the pod. Thank you for being a listener. Let's keep this a secret from all the other non-pod uh, listeners. They'll figure that out later on in December. But uh, heads up, couple of ring dips it's going to be a fun one every now and then when coaching a class i'll have someone that's been a little bit too ambitious this is awesome to see but not ideal as well but the person was a little bit too ambitious they put a lot of weight on the bar and they were unable to complete the workout under the time cap or just do it successfully in general and sometimes the response i get from the person is it wasn't too heavy i just couldn't catch my breath You've heard someone say this, maybe you say this yourself after every single workout, I hope not, but I hear this all the time. It wasn't too heavy, I just couldn't catch my breath. Here's what's happening. It was too heavy. When you lift a weight that is heavier, you need to hold your breath more and more. So if I do an air squat, I can breathe, I can talk, I can do an air squat and do that, I'm fine. If I load up 300 pounds on the bar and I do a back squat, that's going to be very challenging for me. I'm going to have to get super tight, fill up my belly with air. There's no talking. And when I'm done, I rack the bar. If I made the lift, I'm going to be panting a little bit. I'm going to be breathing a little bit heavy. And then in between those two weights, an air squat and a back squat that's 300 pounds, there's different levels of me having to hold my breath to get tight enough to do the task at hand. So this happens in a 75 pound workout. It happens in a 135 pound workout. When you lift something that is increasingly heavy, it becomes more and more difficult to breathe. If it was in fact that it wasn't too heavy, I just couldn't catch my breath. Let's pretend that the workout is 2159 of deadlifts at 225 and burpees. If you finish that workout barely or you get time capped and you say it wasn't too heavy, I just couldn't catch my breath, then pretend like you did the workout at 135 pounds. Pretend like you did the workout with a PVC pipe. Are you saying that if you do 2159 with a PVC pipe and burpees, it would be about as hard as it would be with 225 and burpees? That is obviously not true. So sometimes if you feel like it, was too, it wasn't too heavy, I just couldn't catch my breath. It needs to be slightly lower percentage of the weight. Sometimes the movement itself will get you a little bit if it's an up and down movement or side to side movement. I'll see this a lot on burpee box overs when you gotta go up and down and spin around a little bit. That gets a lot of people worked up quite a bit. So movements and the weights and the percentage it does add up, it makes a big difference. Just because it's 75 pounds on the bar and you can lift a lot more, doesn't mean that it wasn't too heavy for the workout. My last pet peeve I'm gonna mention today in the programming notes is every now and then I'll have a new client come in and they'll tell me, 
I don't want to get injured. I always chuckle a little bit at this because, uh, of course, who wants to get injured? I don't want you to get injured. You don't want you to get injured. I know where you're coming from when you say this. You're trying to say, I want to focus on form and technique. I want to take it nice and easy to get going. I'm not super worried about lifting the most amount of weight possible. Those are all awesome things. Those are all things that you should do when you start a gym and when you start crossfitting. If you are looking to get injured, please stay away from me. Please stay away from TNT Fitness. I just think that it's funny that sometimes people have to preface them working with us saying, I don't want to get injured. I don't know if you think that I run a business or a gym on the side and then I do something else during the day. I run a gym. I work to help people get healthier. That is what I do and that is what my wife does. And everything that we do depends on you being as healthy and strong and capable as possible. So the second person most worried about you getting injured is going to be me. Sometimes I'm even number one uh, over some people. So I get where people are coming from when they say that. I just think it's a little bit funny and that was my last pet peeve for the day. I've got two topics for today. One's gonna be a little Thanksgiving nutrition hack or something you can do for the rest of the year as well. And then how to scale and heal a sprained ankle as fast as possible. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. We got the holidays. A lot of people end up eating a little bit more than they need to this time of the year. I'm not telling you that you can't have any pie or turkey or stuffing, whatever you like. You can obviously have that stuff. But instead of focusing on I can't have this, I'm gonna eliminate this, this is uh, forbidden. You can just focus on something that you need to do, that you should do, a little bit of damage control. If you know that uh, dinner's gonna be crazy, try and make lunch as good as possible. If you know that lunch and dinner is gonna be a lot of food, try and make your breakfast as good as possible. Focus on the meal that you can control and then tell yourself, I'm gonna try and have some good stuff, I'm gonna fill up on it and now, that good food, it takes up a little bit of real estate in your belly. You're gonna feel a bit better. You're not gonna be as hungry or craving stuff once it's time for that next meal that might be a little bit more of a splurge. Personally, things that fill me up, you could just have water. That's a big one for a lot of people. Having a whey protein shake, even more too. You can go heavy on the water or heavy on the protein shake. That is super filling. Pair that with a big salad and maybe finish off with a little bit of hot coffee. These are very low calorie options that are very filling. If you tell yourself, I'm gonna have a great lunch and then let the rest kinda take care of itself, that is a way more manageable thing to do instead of thinking, oh, the day's ruined anyway, so I'm just gonna eat whatever I want the whole day. Or you start obsessing about, I can't have the pie, I can't have the rolls. If you focus more on, I'm gonna eat these good things and then later on, if I wanna enjoy something, I'll enjoy something that is gonna be a more moderate, sustaining approach to um, the extra food this time of the year. The final topic of the day is gonna be a case study on a sprained ankle and what to do if something like this happens. This person in question, uh, they fell backwards with a person on top of them, foot went the wrong way, there was a lot of pop. Um, stuff like this could happen. Maybe it's a pickup uh, game of basketball or maybe you step down the curb the wrong way. People sprain body parts all the time. So this is what I would recommend to someone if you have a sprained ankle. 
Obviously, if you think that there is some serious damage, then you need to go to urgent care or go to the ER or something like that. But if you kind of know what happened, it was just a sprain, you've, you've dealt with this before, you've seen it before, then you need to limit the swelling. Swelling is the thing that's gonna cause the pain. Once everything swells up, it's gonna put more pressure on uh, the nerve receptors you have that aren't used to that size of uh, volume and pressure and movement. So that is where the pain is coming from. It's from the swelling. You don't really have that much uh, mechanical feedback in the joint itself. It's gonna come more from the tissue around it, the muscles, the soft tissue. So what you can do to limit swelling is, I personally like heat over ice. This is maybe once it's kind of calmed down a little bit too. Right at the moment, someone might be there to give you ice, but I always prefer heat over ice. Heat is gonna stimulate the movement more. Ice, it just kind of numbs the pain and that's it. It doesn't really deal with the swelling as well. Compression is gonna help with the swelling as well. Elevation is gonna help with the swelling and then movement is gonna help with the swelling. Movement helps the swelling because the muscles create a pump and that pump helps bring out the stuff upwards or downwards, whatever your injury is. That mechanical pump is gonna help the lymphatic system to keep circulating. So to limit the swelling, the swelling is usually the, what's causing the pain. I recommend using heat, compression, elevation, and movement. Would I recommend ibuprofen to someone in this case? It depends. If you can deal with the pain, then just deal with the pain. This obviously doesn't apply to all cases, but if it is mild enough, do you feel like I can skip it, it's not super necessary, then skip it. The ibuprofen might take away the pain a little bit. What happens then? Let's say you feel like the ankle is feeling better and now you be bopping around, maybe you do a light workout, maybe you take the dog side, you do more miles than you should have. This is where it's gonna backfire. It's gonna make the swelling go up even more because you overdid it. You didn't take it easy enough. Movement is key, but that is pain-free movement. Moving around is gonna help the blood flow, but you can't obviously overdo it and start jumping around on an ankle that's just been messed up. So take it easy, move as much as possible that is pain-free, and don't mess with that pain signal with ibuprofen because then you don't really know what's pushing it and what's not pushing it enough. If you're new to the podcast, maybe you're thinking to yourself, but what about ibuprofen? It's anti-inflammatory. It's going to fix my ankle. Your body can fix your ankle. Your body is fixing your ankle right now. That is part of the swelling. It's part of the inflammation process. It's doing its thing and you need to go out of your way. So if possible, skip the ibuprofen. Like I said before, do as much movement as possible that is pain-free. If something hurts, don't do it. This uh, especially in regards to uh, short-term stuff. If you're talking about uh, more chronic long-term pain, it might be a little bit different. But for this case, leave it alone. Try and move around. But if it doesn't feel good, then don't do it. Motion is lotion. That is a quote we put on the wall before at the gym. And the same thing applies to this right here. Try and do some joint circles. Immobilizing something, not doing anything at all, it might even slow down the healing process. So if you can maintain even just the slightest bit of movement, joint circles should be very slow, very controlled, very methodical. That is a great way to slowly start introducing a little bit more movement that's pain-free and that's gonna help speed up the healing process. 
once you have a good idea of what's going on with uh, the injured side, it's starting to come down a little bit, you feel like it's on the right path, you need to actively move into a rehab process. You can't just do nothing and wait for it to get better. You need to do some mobility work. You need to do some stability work. You need to find a strengthening exercise. You need to be proactive and do something about this situation. Don't just wait for it to get better or hope, cross your fingers, sit on the couch. You need to actively work on it. Research the anatomy. Find a couple stretches. Find a stability exercise. Find a strengthening exercise. And then do this twice a day. Don't just sit on the couch and wait and feel like, oh, I'm just going to give it a week. I'll give it two weeks. I'll get back to the gym once this is feeling better. You need to actively do something to work the area, and that's how you're going to bounce back the quickest. The quote of the week for this podcast is a little bit different from the one we have on the board at the gym. I heard this watching one of Courtney's shows. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a guy convincing someone to just go for it and give it a try. And he used an analogy that I liked, and he called it the first pancake. That first pancake that you do when you're making pancakes, it's never perfect. It always comes out a little bit wonky, but you have to do it just to kind of prep the grid a little bit. That first pancake has to be done, and then after that one, all the other ones are much better. Same thing goes for if you're signing up for a new class, maybe you're trying to switch from Swift to CrossFit, maybe you're taking the Olympic weightlifting class you've never taken before, maybe you're signing up for a CrossFit competition, you're a little bit nervous, don't worry about that first one. The first one, it's like a first pancake, it just preps the griddle, it has to be done, it's never perfect, but it makes all the other ones much better. I'm excited about the work we've done at the gym this week already. I'll see you at the gym. If you're going to do the Thanksgiving and Black Friday workouts, I'll be there for those. See you at the gym.